In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Today we're discussing Treasure Planet, which was just our lifelong obsession, but hey, we'll get over it. And my guest, who has the makings of greatness in him, is Matthew Barnett. Now, Matthew, is Treasure Planet a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? Well, I mean, it definitely has been made. Uh, Should it be remade? I think it could benefit from the remake treatment, for sure. I think enough people missed out on this treasure that we could come back around. Pun intended? Absolutely. Always. Always pun intended. All right. Wonderful. I actually agree, which is why I initially reached out, because Disney's remaking so many live-action movies that, like, wouldn't this just be an amazing, really good, high-end, live-action remake? They're remaking movies that no one asked to be remade. It would be nice for a change for someone to actually be like, hey, could you remake this, please? And I think Treasure Planet qualifies for that treatment. Well, did you see the news this week? There's there's rumblings that they're going to remake Black Cauldron. Oh, wow. As as a live action? As one of their live action things. Okay. And that is a bold choice. I mean, let's just hope that Benioff and Weiss don't get attached to it. I don't want them to do any more things anymore. Well, we'll we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) tell me a little bit about yourself so that the uh, audience knows who you are. Well, my name is Matthew. We've established that. I'm a a writer by day and a writer by night. Uh, I work (laughs) in the uh, film marketing industry with Disney, Fox, Sony, basically everybody at this point because it's all kind of being gobbled up and slammed together. Yep. And then that's my day job. By night, I work on a lot of uh, original pilots, pitches, that sort of thing. Really want to work regularly in TV someday, making, you know, strides here and there. But, you know, that's the dream. TV a good dream it It is is a dream that i also share so do you remember the first time you saw treasure planet i was thinking about this the other day i'm pretty sure i saw it in theaters when it came out and i'm not sure what year that was but i do remember like sitting through it and being like this is amazing i can't wait to talk to everyone back at school about this and then no one no one knew anything about it yeah i mean you sent me that video about that i did watch about kind of like how disney killed treasure planet just by like failing to market it Mm mm-hmm and I'm on the Treasure Planet like IMDb Pro mm-hmm. page right now. Do you happen to know the the budget for Treasure Planet? I think I heard somewhere that it it started off at like a smaller number and then it sort of ballooned. So their actual budget is that for animation and marketing, like total? No, marketing isn't normally included in that okay. number. Okay, let's see. I would go with let's try forty million. That is one of the numbers that's involved. Okay. It's $140 million. $140 million. Which is ridiculously... Oops. Which is ridiculously expensive, especially for the time. But the video that you sent me was talking about how there's like three levels of animation. Mm-hmm. There's the 2D, the 3D, and the, the deep... Oh, yeah. The deep focus or deep something, focus, I believe? whatever it is. Yeah. So there's the traditional two-dimensional animation that you see with a lot of the characters. Then there's... Yeah. There's the 3D elements like Silver's arms, legs, some of the ships. And then, yeah, there's this 3D deep focus, which... According to that video, I think it was like Treasure Planet, world. Disney's biggest mistake, was the entire ship that they're on is is an effect. Yeah. Uh, and it has like its own, well, I guess, they also use this in Tarzan uh-huh. for a lot of the jungle surfing sequences. And it, I like, I love it because it's, it's just more pro- further progression in animation. It, mm-hmm. it creates a world and allows us to travel through the world instead of just having kind of like that matte background that mm-hmm. repeats as Bugs Bunny runs away from Elmer Fudd. Mm-hmm. It gives you a really like cinematic, live-action kind of camera, which I think up until that point wasn't really possible. Right. I mean, you look at like Japanese anime, and they do it all the time, and a lot of their opening sequences are with what are called animation bumps for like a really big fight. You'll, you'll see some really crazy movement, but in Western animation, I think it's a little bit rarer. I am in the process of watching Neon Genesis Evangelion, Evangelion okay. for the first time. I've never actually watched it. It's on the, the lengthy list of things that I need to yeah, get to. It, I, I needed a show that was just like a little bit popcorny, and I knew it was on Netflix, but I didn't know for how long. I'm like, all right. They're going to say something light, and that's exactly the opposite of what I've heard about Evangelion. I think it's pretty heady. Eh, it's still like an anime cartoon, so it's like okay. it, it's, it's light as opposed to like sitting down to watch, I don't know, Handmaid's Tale. Ooh, yeah, I hear you there. It's it's escapist in terms mm. of light. 
And actually, escapism is definitely my wheelhouse, which is oh, why yeah. like movies like Treasure Planet like really resonated with me. Yeah, I I also feel like I must have seen it in theaters because I definitely saw it when I was young. I mean, it came out in two thousand two, mm-hmm. so I was already like eighth grade. I remember the movie. I remember the Happy Meal toy as well. I think I had a Jim Hawkins on a Solar Surfer at some point. I don't remember that at all. It may have been a Burger King toy. I don't know. But this is also the same school of like Atlantis Lost Empire. Yeah. Like, I remember going to see that when I was a kid and also being like the only kid I in remember class to see it. really liking that one too. I feel like Treasure Planet holds up better than Atlantis. Probably. But like just sitting down and rewatching this movie, I still like it. No, it's fantastic. I, uh, my roommate sat down with me uh, and watched it and he hadn't seen it, I think, since it had originally come out. And when we were done, he's like, that was a really, really good movie. I should definitely... He's a big Disney fan. He's like, I should definitely get that for the DVD collection. Like, yeah. I don't have Treasure Planet, and I don't know why I don't have it. And I'm like, well, probably because you forgot about it, because it just blew right past you when it came out yeah. in theaters. I mean, I have a, a poster of Disney movies, and it ends at Mulan, so it doesn't even make it to uh, Treasure Planet. But, like, who knows if this movie would even be on there? But it's so good. Uh, it, it benefits from having, like, two great directors behind it, Mr. Right. and Clements, but it also benefits from having some pretty solid source material. It does. That was Absolutely. my first exposure to, like, the Treasure Island. Well, no, that's nah, not true. I'm pretty sure I watched Muppet, Muppet Treasure, Treasure Island. Island. That was my first exposure. I didn't see that until, like, a couple years ago. What'd so I think? saw Treasure Planet first. Muppet Treasure Island is fun, but it's, again, a movie I didn't see as a kid. Yeah. So it doesn't hold that special place in my heart, but it was still super fun. And, of course, Tim Curry's in it, so what's not to love? Oh, God. Tim Curry's the greatest. Uh, voice acting, acting, just being Tim Curry yeah. is also wonderful. It was really fun to go back to this, but getting back to what I said first... So if the budget was $140 million, what do you think a good opening weekend would have been? For a movie like that, I mean, it would be nice if you were at least halfway. Yeah. That would be wishful thinking, I think, though, in this case. Opening weekend was $12 million. See, that's what we call not a great opening weekend. It is not. And in fact, the worldwide gross, because the gross in just U.S. and Canada mm-hmm. was $38 million. Okay. And worldwide gross was $110 million. And see, that's about breaking even. But you, when you have a that's movie like this, thirty million less than breaking even, and we haven't even gotten into marketing. I'm just saying, with an opening like that, including global, and like hmm, that's several weeks out, breaking even is not good enough. Uh, when you have that big of an investment, you're hoping for at least double that. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't that didn't happen. No, but so this video, the Treasure Planet, Disney's Greatest Mistake, talks about how just like this movie wasn't really marketed all that well. Mm-mm. It's almost like they put it out there to die. Yeah, which we're not going to dwell on this YouTube video for that long, but if you're interested in watching it, it's like a half hour long, and it, it's super interesting, and it's really good. It's a great uh, YouTube deep dive, yes. and the, the author of the video is also very open about, hey, this is a little tinfoil addy. Yeah. We don't really have an answer for a lot of these questions, but isn't it weird that it wasn't marketed in certain ways and in certain places? The one thing that he talked about that I had heard previously was how much Ron Clement Clements... Ron Clements and John Musker had been wanting to make this movie for like 12 years and mm-hmm. Disney kept saying no. I think once a year they would come in and be like, can we make can we it now? Can we make this now? Can we make it now? How about now? No. And then finally, like, finally they gave the ultimatum of, we will make this movie for you if we can make Treasure Planet. And Disney was like, fine. Mm-hmm. And then killed it. Yep. Which is so sad because this could have been amazing. And... And because this YouTube video talks about how there is a script for a sequel. Script and storyboards, apparently. I would love to read that. I would almost, I would also have settled for a direct-to-DVD sequel, which seemed to be a very popular thing at the time. Right. Although I imagine, like, they make those as cheaply as possible. So I don't know if you can make this and it would be quite as good. No, it wouldn't be as good visually, but it doesn't make me not want to want it less. Yes. Much like the second season of Firefly, it's out there in some other time stream. Yeah. There's a world where we got... Treasure Planet 2 and maybe even Treasure Planet 3. And that's the other thing I love about this movie, and we can get into it when we talk about the film itself, but... I want to see Treasure Galaxy. Exactly. Uh, It's not begging for a sequel by the end. It's not doing that cutesy, hey, we'll be back for part two. But it it definitely, I think, like, earned an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, we'll be honest, like, a sequel would have been bad. Like, even though the video's like, oh, everyone said the script is good. No. This is such a contained good story that I do think it would have been diminished by a sequel, but I still want to read it. Well, I think most importantly, it's an amazing world that they put together. They built this amazing in-depth world full of colorful characters and species and weird rules, like the Ethereum. like air and space. Air and space, but like weird gravity and like supernovas or like maelstroms, like all that stuff's fantastic. It's, It's a great story engine for all kinds of narratives. And you can just, as a viewer, 
imagine like, oh, what other stories could be told there? And yeah. That's always the hallmark of like a good franchise. Just like the depth of the world. The depth of the world and the fact that the stories can kind of almost tell themselves. Like, I want to know how Silver lost his arm and his leg. I yeah. want to see Jim Hawkins go to space school and become a captain. I want to see Doppler and Amelia do that whole family thing while also running a star sail ship. Absolutely. I want to go to Morph World. I mean, yeah, we got to meet all the morphs. So many morphs. I wonder if it'd be like that Lion King sequel where Timon and P- you meet all of Timon's like family members. If all maybe morphs Lion the one that King doesn't talk. One and a half. Yes, Lion King one and a half. So crazy side note: the sequel to Lion King is about Simba's kid, and it's about Scar's kid. Yes, and I like that movie. Kovu and Kiara, right? Something like that. I yeah. don't remember. And I thought that movie was good. Yeah, I did too. And then Lion King one and a half comes out. Yeah. And it was not good. I don't think anyone asked for Lion King 1 and a half. I think people definitely asked for Lion King 2. Yes. Yeah, for sure. What's funny is that, for whatever reason, I was on some family vacation in Europe when that came out, and it was marketed in Europe as just Lion King 3. Oh, really? No Lion King 1 and a half. It was just Lion King 3. I gotta say, working in the industry, like, the international markets have, like, a lot of particular ways of doing things, and it's because that's their market. That's their home turf. They would know. But still, sometimes, from the state side, you're just like, I don't... I don't understand why. Do you guys not get the... the, the, the this is how numbers work. Is it metric? Is it a metric thing? If it's a metric thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll never be able to be on the same page. I mean, I get it. You don't like mixed fractions. Sure. But sure, just call it Lion King 1.5. <sighs> it's it's a weird real world, and we're just here in it. Yeah. Someone was posting the, the auto-translate for that fourth Men in Black movie on my Facebook today, and it was like... It was just black man. I think that was me. Oh, was you? It probably was me. I, that would be hilarious if it was you, because I didn't see you posted it. I posted something on Twitter about that. I was on a, a Chinese like YouTube site looking for some animation, and then I saw that they were uh, posting the new Men in, Men in Black International, but it was Black Man International Searcher starring Hammer Guy and Valkyrie, and I'm like, hey, I know I love Hammer Guy just as much yeah, as the next person. It was definitely you. That's <laughs> great. I love that. So then, with that in mind, as we're remaking this movie, what do you change? What do you keep the same? I well, that's a good question, and I should have a better answer considering I knew that I was going to be coming here to talk about remaking a movie. I think the overall like thrust of the adventure is perfect because you know it's it was a great book. It's been a bunch of great adaptations. What I think was cool about Musker and Clemens this time was they really dug into the characters and helped ground them more. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of that legwork's already been done. So it would be pretty much like building off of, you know, what the animated movie already did and then just kind of building out from there. Like, what are some other things you'd like to see? Maybe some more world building. Maybe a little bit more into the other characters' backstories, perhaps. Yes. Like I said, I'm a, I'd am be a sucker to know more about Silver and, like, how he got to where oh, he was. Yeah. I I don't necessarily want flashbacks or something but i would love a little bit more character development i mean the movie as it is now is 95 minutes which is kind of standard for animation Mm -hmm. i also like everything that's there Mm -hmm. i even like ben which apparently people don't like but i I thought ben was super fun ben can be problematic depending on like he's not for everybody no he's a lot yes i like that he doesn't show up until the end sure if he'd been throughout the movie it would have been a problem Mm -hmm. but because it's all of a sudden we get to the end and tensions are high yeah and then all of a sudden you get this like crazy comedic dude who doesn't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think that that timing works really well. Mm-hmm. Especially as it's tied into, I don't remember the name of like, the big bad original space pirate oh, guy. Oh, Flint? Flint? Captain yeah, Flint? Captain Flint. I would love to see more of him because I love yeah. him in the opening sequence. He's got a great design. He seems like a real bastard. Yes. Uh, and in that movie, that would be really interesting to see. Because Silver is rough around the edges, but he's still a pretty good guy. Right. The worst person in that movie is that weird spider guy. That's the thing. So what I would want is I would I would give the movie another 10 minutes, maybe 15, mm-hmm. to just like, we get to know these characters a little bit more. Like, I want to know Crab Spite. I want to know Clamps. Clamps. Uh, clamps. 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 He, give, he gives Rock Guy the clamps. It'd be nice for them to have, they have the great supernova sequence yeah. where you see the kind of the crew come together and work through a problem. It yeah. would be nice to have another island or two yes. where you get to see the crew in action. Just some other side quest yeah absolutely and that, so we get to know the crew we get to know captain amelia we get to know mr arrow mm-hmm. i would have liked to have known mr arrow a little bit more so that his death is a little bit more tragic true because i basically he gets sucked into a black hole that's pretty bad 
Yeah, what happens to Mr. Arrow when he gets sucked in the black hole? Is it the end of Mr. Arrow? Does he is he sent somewhere else? I would I assume that that's the end of Mr. Would Arrow. Would Mr. Arrow come in as like a dual protagonist Mr. in two? Mr. Diamond. I mean, it's like been gets, it's the time warp, so he gets compressed and he turns yeah. into Mr. Diamond. I love that. It's great. He just gets compressed and his 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 molecules shift. Turns out Mr. Arrow is morph. Uh, could be. It could be he's that diamond character from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. He becomes right. just a different... He becomes a space pirate. He gets yeah. disillusioned with the, the above-board sea life. And I do becomes... like the idea that he gets con- compressed like only he could have survived it because he's made out of rock. And he, yeah. just, gets, he just gets turned to diamond. He got compressed, like not depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could dig it. Time's arrow. Yeah. That would uh, be cool, though. But, like, stuff like that. I mean... So, we like the movie as it is, so let's design the extra side quest. What's I'm, that extra side quest you'd have them do? I think it'd be, the extra side quest would be interesting. What would it be? I mean, it would be another opportunity for them to kind of show their true colors. You'd, yeah. you, it would it would force the crew to kind of pretend to be good for a little bit. Maybe, like, put Silver in another, like, kind of moral dilemma. Like, mm-hmm. is this going to deviate you from Treasure Planet? You're so obsessed with it. But you also don't want to raise suspicions. Yes. So uh, some sort of maybe mercy mission, or or even you know Doppler is notices some brand new species. My pitch is because we we get this really cool map, but we don't use it that much. True. So some more landmarks, maybe. What I would say is that they get to a point in the map where they can either go one way or they can go mm-hmm. another. I know it's space, and like there it is. Let's go that way. Mm. But theoretically, there's something in the map that's implying like because they have to get around a nebula or some other bad thing mm-hmm. and they like they can go up or they can go down and they choose the wrong way and something bad goes down over there mm-hmm. like they like like the asteroid in star wars where they yeah. end up in the worm's mouth yeah it so made a bad situation frying pan into the fire it's yeah. a bad situation made worse right and they then have to then backtrack and go the right way mm-hmm. that could work i would also say if there's another the map sort of gives you the gist of where Treasure Planet is, but you need to orient in the middle of it. So you have to go to this one landmark, this one celestial landmark, solve some sort of puzzle, and that points the way to Treasure Planet. Yes, something that. could be like really that. neat. It would be another opportunity for Jim to show how smart he is, mm-hmm. maybe Silver to like pull that greatness out of him a little bit when he's doubting himself. And I'd love it if it was an opportunity, like, we didn't know, like, Jim hadn't discovered Silver yet, and mm-hmm. it was an opportunity for Silver to attempt to steal the, like, the map. Like, he sees, oh, that's the map. Mm-hmm. That's what I need to get. And he tries to steal it, but somehow it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's when the crew like starts seeing the cracks in uh, Silver's facade. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That could work. I would say that. Some sort of weird species. We uh, definitely or celestial weird species. I'm just remembering bits and pieces of Master and Commander at the edge of the world. Okay. Just, just more of those sorts of like random bits where, you know, you're at the edge of civilization. You don't really know what's out there. I think Doppler would be really curious about like. Uh, uh, yeah. There was a little bit of that. There's also the concept of, like, sirens, like in, you know, the Odyssey. That's true. So, Ooh. you know, some more dangers. Space for them sirens. Space sirens could be, really, sirens could be really cool. Another just, another pirate ship, maybe, trying to get yeah. the jump on them. That also... Ooh, another pirate ship's really good. That would be I a like great, a like, lot. false false bad guy if they're constantly being, like, tailed by some other group. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to, like, race them to Treasure Planet. And... There's some other cyborg. Like maybe that's the cyborg that they that Jim thinks he was. Could be another cyborg, or it could be you realize, oh, that's actually Silver's ship. He wanted them pressuring, uh, yeah, the hero ship, also, and and to put the scent off of him, maybe. Yeah, I love the idea of another pirate ship. I would absolutely have that. Well, that's what was great about Pirates of the Caribbean was that you had Jack Sparrow, but you had Barbosa, who was an equally great but different kind of captain, and you also had the uh, the British commander uh, coming in as well, Norrington. With all of his prim and proper soldiers. So it was like these great... I always love it when there's factions at play. Yeah. And it's already sort of at play here between Silver's group and Jim's hero group. But, you know, you can always go with more. I'm, I'm a fan. I okay. think that's a good idea. And I think that's a good idea for our side quest. There's a, there's a lot of good options, I think. Yeah, I mean... We can workshop it. I'm not saying that we're not going to turn this into an RPG, but I would be down to turn this into an RPG. Oh, absolutely. This Again, this world is, is so dense with so many cool ideas. I mean, just... Hanging out in Montressor, a crescent moon spaceport. I, that would be all. It's like the the Citadel in Mass Effect. Like, yeah. I would just stay there the whole time. It's get into bar fights, have drinks, meet sailors. It's Miyazaki level world building in the sense that they have so much there that we kind of have to throw some of it away mm-hmm. in favor of the actual story that we have to deal with. I mean, Montressor itself. There's just so many other ships that we could go with and follow into yeah. the Ethereum. So many other adventures. How did Doppler like? Because Captain Amelia says. 
I don't trust this crew you hired. Mm-hmm. I want to see Doppler hire the crew. How did he end up picking them? And how did Cat like how did Long John Silver know this is the crew going after going after Treasure Planet? This is the one we have to get on. Even more so, like Billy Bones escaping Silver, I think would be a really interesting scene too. The 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 turtle with oh, the uh, yeah. the map in the first place. He's obviously was part of Silver's crew or was a competitor, and they got the jump on him, and then he got in his little escape pod. Made it to the Bimbo Inn. Like I want to see like that escape. I think the, that'd be a really the cool Bimbo open. Inn. Bimbo, Bimbo. It's, it's okay. That makes more sense. I didn't pay attention to what the name of the inn was, but Bimbo Inn seemed wrong. Bimbo. I think it's B N B O. I can look. I have the internet. Yeah, I'm willing to believe it's the Bimbo Inn. The Admiral Bimbo Inn in Treasure Island. I think in there Treasure Planet they just shorten it to the Bimbo. B E N B O W. Huh. Listeners, my mouth gets very lazy sometimes, and I'll just say silly things that make no sense. <laughs> the one thing I don't want to put into this movie is I do not want to add more things with Jim's dad. Jim's dad's the worst. Right, but I think we have exactly enough to kind of like understand the background, and yeah. we don't need more. No, you don't need more terrible dad times. Right. You need more Jim and Silver times. The crazy thing is that when I saw this movie for the first time when I was a kid... I thought we got to the end of the movie, and the movie implied that Long John Silver was his dad. I thought it implied that Long John Silver had ascended and become a cloud. I mean, that too. That was what I was more concerned with, was, wait, he was a cloud the whole time? <laughs> I mean, we don't know all of their crazy alien powers. True, I don't even know what species Silver is. Maybe he could have been a cloud the entire time. Maybe the cloud, the true treasure was cloud ship. Yeah, and if I'm to quote the Disney Channel original movie I saw as a kid... That means he fears the wind. Oh, that's wise words. Yes. Wise words. In that movie, they're living bubbles. Anyway. <laughs> that's a remake for another time. I, at some point, I need to talk about a decom, but I don't know which one. I mean, there's so many good ones. There's Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. That, there's Brink. Got there Luck of the Irish. Luck of the Irish, 13th Year. Yeah. Uh, Smart House. I own Smart House on DVD. That's uh, the one I would kind of lean towards. Punks was also a good one. I don't remember that one. That one, I think it was a DCOM. It was very strange. There was a there was an era where there was also, I think, knockoff Halloween DCOMs. Town. Halloween Town, Halloween 2, Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. Yep. We don't need to talk about the other Halloween Towns. Those are the only two that actually matter. That is correct. Yeah, so many options. Yeah. I think a, a DCOM. Oh, any, Cheetah any, Girls. Any one, any one of the various one? things with talking horses. I don't, I think, I don't know. Uh, was Cheetah Girls technically a decom? I'm I don't sure know. It was. At, at some point, they like sort of like eased out and became like things like the Descendants, which Motocrossed. were their own. Motocrossed. Motocrossed was very good. Motocrossed was very good. Very ahead of its time. Yes. I feel like there's something obvious that I I'm mean, missing. There was the Famous Jet Jackson movie. Yeah. Which was also cool. Ah, Famous Jet Jackson was so good. Oh, Famous Jet Jackson was also so weird also. We can go down this rabbit hole if you want. We uh, could, but maybe for another time. But there is some other Disney things that like... They have all this IP that they're, like, not using. Like, the fact that I own Smart House on DVD, I consider a fluke. Because it's a real DVD. Okay. That I got from, like, the Disney Channel Movie Rewards something something. Mm-hmm. You turned in those points and got a... Yeah. Wow. And now, I feel like they it's literally money on the table. People would buy this, and they're not selling it. And the fact that Disney Channel is leaving money on the table is... Or that Disney in general is leaving money on the table is wild to me. Well, that's what actually excites me about Disney Plus is the opportunity to like kind of dive into some of these like lower tier concepts and really kind of like see what they can do. Yeah, I agree. I just, I just don't want them to own all of Hollywood. No, I mean, it's, listen, welcome it's, to Disney. What a time to be alive! Yes, it is a story for us to tell our robots. I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. Yes. I do not want the robots to take my job. I will keep doing my job instead. I mean, I've, I've read some of those robot scripts. They're not good. No, they're not. But don't tell them I said that. No, no, because we welcome them. One zero zero one zero one one zero zero one. Just back in time. Back, back, back. Yeah. Okay. I mean, as far as the movie is concerned, the problem is, is that we like this movie as it is. We don't necessarily have all that much we want to change. I'll be honest with you. There was a version of this recast that was just the same cast because they're so great across the board. Yeah, but I mean, if we're doing live action. Still, some of them work surprisingly well. Oh, yeah? I think David Hyde Pierce as like a dog doctor with our <laughs> level of CG now would be pretty great. He probably and, would. I mean, Emma Thompson is untouchable. That's also true. So... But don't worry, I put the work in. I figured it out. Yeah. But there was a bit there, there was an evening where I'm like, man, you know what? Some of these people would still be good. These would Every still once be great. in a while, I'll throw in those, like, kind of tribute to the original. Mm-hmm. And I, I did that a little bit here, because 
I normally, like, we'll do writer, we'll do director, but this time I added producers because Ron Clements and John Musker should still be involved in this movie. I mean, this they, movie is their baby. They, they, they had that baby for 12 years. Yeah. And they, like, they worked on it and it shows. It's a good movie. And they're also just really solid filmmakers. I mean, they've also yeah. adapted from 2D to 3D. Moana was amazing. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, you'd think, oh, okay, they're Little Mermaid, they're living in the past, whatever. Like, they had their heyday. Mm-hmm. But then if they turn around and make Moana... Mm-hmm. And have such love for Mad Max Fury Road, mm-hmm. which they do. Because they're human beings with blood in their veins yes. and, 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 and imagination in their hearts. And their tribute to Mad Max Fury Road in Moana is so good. Mm-hmm. I need to rewatch Moana and Mad Max. Don't do it at the same time. There's Why? a lot of, well, there's a lot of water in one and a lot of desert in the other. And it's just going to get a little, you huh. might get some whiplash. I just watched, speaking of YouTube, I just watched this YouTube video talking about, like, the guitar player in Mad Max and how that was a working guitar. Like, he was actually playing. Mm -hmm. It's just great. While uh, make-uped up and hooked to bungees. Yeah, blind. Flamethrowers. Because the thing was covering his face. Yeah. I love that movie. He's like the, what is it, the Doom Rider? He had some weird, everyone in that movie has, like, a crazy, crazy name. And, and God bless him. God bless every one of them. Yeah. So then, let's so then let's just talk about cast. Oh, I mean, cast away. Let's. Uh, uh, do we want to start with Jim? I feel like that's the place to start. I mean, uh, it should be because I mean, Jim is the uh, corner upon which this entire tale turns. Yes. And because this movie was kind of like conceived late eighties and then finally came out two thousand two, mm-hmm. Jim Hawkins, as he exists right now, kind of has a lot of nineties energy. Sure. Like nineties heartthrob energy, which is kind of the casting that I went with. Mm-hmm. It certainly does not need to be who we go with, mm-hmm. but I went with another current young star who also has a lot of nineties energy. Okay, let's hear it. And his name is Keen or Kean Johnson. Kean Johnson. You may know him from TV shows like Euphoria. You also might recognize him from movies like Alita Battle Angel. Okay. Wait, was he the, the love interest in Yes, Alita? he was. See, the minute I saw him, I'm like, what Disney Channel original movie am I in? Exactly. And that's why I cast him. Wow. That is some 90s energy. That's, uh, okay. I dig it. I dig it. I like the ju- I like that you softened me up with the justification. Because if yeah. you had opened up with, hey, it's the annoying guy from Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, yeah. Remember I would have been very dude, upset with remember you. Remember that with that dude who fell in love with the girl in the 12-year-old body? And also was just the worst. Yeah. She also, saved his life and then he just kept getting his limbs cut off. He didn't know what he got until it was gone. And then he just like went to go stop his friend from doing a thing for some reason. Alita Battle Angel has its moments. Yeah. But it's also very problematic. I legitimately movie. enjoyed the movie, but it's not good. No, it's very bad. Yeah. Very bad. So bad. But I saw it for the first time like last week, so it's fresh in my brain. I went with a little bit something different. Okay, tell me I went with, I went with the gender flipped casting of Jim Hawkins. I was hoping you might. So I went with Zendaya. Also in Euphoria, and Zendaya is great. I would 100% watch. She's got a, that chip on her shoulder, but oh, she's yeah. also super vulnerable when she needs to be. She's always, she's got that chip because she's got that like golden mushy center inside. Yeah. And that's something I think is really integral to Jim is that, yeah, he's not a bad egg. He's just had a rough go of it. And he's built a bit of a wall around himself. And I think Jane Hawkins would probably do the same thing. I agree. And I was really hoping you would do a gender swap. And I think Zendaya is excellent casting for Jane Hawkins. That's wonderful. Uh, So then let's talk about about her mother. Let's talk about Sarah Hawkins. Ooh, interesting. I was curious how deep into the casting we were going to go. So I I might just have to rip off of yours. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... Characters plus the writer-director. Okay. Writer and director. Interesting. I'm going to have to wing it. Yeah. All right. So then we'll go back and forth between people you have and people you don't. Uh, My Sarah Hawkins is Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis. So From Dusk to Dawn, Natural Born Mm -hmm. Killers, The Wonder Years. Mm -hmm. She's had a longer career. She kind of fits as a good mom for my casting, but there's no reason why she wouldn't work for Zendaya. Mm -hmm. She's kind of just like kind of... I mean, look her up. Yeah. She's kind of like the confident mom she's got that cool mom energy i think my roommate was saying that the mom in treasure planet is andy's mom from toy story oh that's the actress i think it's the voice actress is what he was saying he could be wrong but he's got a pretty good ear for these sorts of things i would believe that let me let me find out it's laurie metcalf from you know ladybird and she is indeed andy's mom well done anthony well done anthony Great mom voice. Great, very supportive mom. Yeah, and also, <laughs> she's 
Is she Sheldon's mom in the Big Bang Theory? She's Mary Cooper, and he's Sheldon Cooper, right? Uh huh. So is that in the is that in the Young Sheldon? No, they did a different cast in Young Sheldon because they cast someone. Gotcha. You're you're someone who's never really watched the Big Bang Theory, so uh, I um, watched the first few seasons and then I was like, I I can't deal with this anymore. Corey Metcalf has had a really good career. Mm-hmm. She's doing she's doing great. That's a pretty solid choice. Juliette Lewis. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm happy to go with that. Mm-hmm. Good, cool mom energy. Yeah. So then the next person in my list is uh, kind of... I went kind of in order of appearance, and I went Dr. Doppler. Okay. I do have someone for that, because Dr. Doppler is great. And like I said, David Hyde Pierce is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Who do you have for Dr. Doppler? So, so I had two, but if you're going to make me pick one, I would probably go with John Oliver as Dr. Doppler. John Oliver would be a good Dr. Doppler. Uh, he's got that nervous energy, and yeah. like he's got that like Britishness that isn't all over this movie, but That's could true. be used very well, I think, in this case. He's also... An expert in his field, but also a master of nothing else. Correct. Which I think Oliver can pull off very well. I think John Oliver doing his impression of John Oliver would be exactly the kind of... There's a lot of this. Yeah, just a lot of flailing. Like, he can do stuff. Like, he's not dumb, Mm -hmm. but he's inept. No, the minute you get into, like, how the U.S. prison system is totally flawed and he'll break everything down for you for, like, 20 minutes. It's everything surrounding that that's all flailing. Right, like... He will tell you why this route is really good and why the people he hired are amazing. He will tell you why this is a great idea and why he's so excited to go, and then he'll hire a bunch of pirates. He'll also tell you, like, he'll truly believe in Zendaya, but he'll also be totally wrong most of the time. Yes. My Dr. Doppler is Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub? From, you know, Monk, Men in Black, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Thirteen Ghosts. And Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah, that remake. I don't know. He's the he's the dad in that. It's a. Do you know the premise of that film? I do not. A bunch of people are invited to this super ultra modern house and given these goggles that allow them to see ghosts, uh, and they're all killed off one by one because each ghost is a different member of like the Dark Zodiac. And the actual owner, Tony Shalhoub's like uncle, wanted to have some blood sacrifices to bring himself back from the dead. Oh wow! It's wow. a whole thing. Yeah, it, sounds fine. It's a it's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, But the reason I picked Tony Shalhoub is because Dr. Doppler kind of has a... Dr. Doppler has a character arc in his own right. He does. It's very... It's a small one, yeah, but it's but very he, like, important. Yeah, but kind of starts inept and, like, not confident at all. It kind of, like, builds his confidence throughout the movie to the point where, like, he's piloting the ship and, like, doing shit and hitting people, like, actually having a good shot with a gun. I think, also, in our remake, at some point he's got, like, totally torn up, but has, like, an enormous laser blaster. And is yes. just, he has everyone dead to rights. Yeah. Like, give him the gun for Men in Black now. Yes, this is his gun now. I'm the captain now. Yeah. No, you're not the captain. Oh, I'm almost the captain I, now. I've, I've been around a captain now. Mm-hmm. I'm maybe sleeping with the captain. It's, it's, we're keeping it open. Doesn't matter. Strongly implied, but, yeah. you know, we don't like labels. That's true. I'm a dog, she's a cat. Yeah. I mean, it's strongly implied later. Absolutely. I mean, it's not implied, it's... It's, it's confirmed. There is evidence. Yes. It is called a family. Yeah. A litter? I think that tracks. Yeah. But, so, that's part of the reason why I went with Tony Shalhoub, just because, like, we kind of get that, like, transition. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not all bumbling, it's sure. also... No, there's a, there's a cunning to Mr. Shalhoub. Yeah. By the end there. The only problem I have with Tony Schlub is that he might be a little bit too old. Oh, maybe. Which is why I kind of cast around the same age for Captain Amelia. Okay. But I'm I'm perfectly happy to go with John Oliver. If you really like John Oliver, I'm not opposed to that at all. I think the thing about John Oliver is he's got that... Schlub is fantastic, but their like, energy levels are a little different. Yeah. And I think like John Oliver has got that manic, I can't believe this is happening, everything is terrible, oh wait, I'm the captain now? Uh, yeah. Kind of energy that I would personally go for. He also would look great in all of Dr. Doppler's wardrobe, especially that crazy, janky, old-timey spacesuit. I want that so bad. Yes. Okay, good. John Oliver. That said, I haven't seen the new Lion King, so I don't know how well he did, but I assume good. He played a bird. Yeah. We're gonna have him play a dog this time. Yeah. It's 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 in his wheelhouse. Absolutely. Which brings me to... Oh, I guess we meet other people, too. We but, do. But that brings me to Long John Silver. Okay. Now, for me, there was really only one casting choice for someone who spent his entire life pursuing something. Just kind of like this gruff, big guy, mm-hmm. but also like a heart of gold, and mm-hmm. you just kind you just you just want a hug. Yep. So, John Goodman. John Goodman's a very good choice. Is that not who you had? I went you with were... da- David Harbor. Who's from David Harbor? Stranger Things, the sheriff. 
Uh, I'm not. I haven't seen Stranger Things. Oh man, David Harbour's the best. He, well, he was uh, most recently also in the terrible new Hellboy. Oh no! But um, he's definitely this sort of like got this gruff dad energy, but also part of his uh, journey in Stranger Things is being kind of a loner, kind of a, a bachelor forever, and then kind of inheriting a kid and becoming their parent. Their surrogate parent in a lot of ways. Interesting. He's got, like, this vulnerability to him at times, but he's also, like, the sheriff of this town where things are going tar- terribly wrong, so it's all, you know, Mondays are for coffee and contemplation kind of thing going. Interesting. Uh, but John Goodman is great. I mean, if he wasn't known for Hellboy and Suicide Squad... David Harbour was in Suicide Squad? Apparently. Who were you in Suicide Squad? I'm so sorry. Dexter Tolliver. And I don't know who that is. Oh, he's like one of the like federal agents. Oh, uh, okay. Then. That's in there for like two seconds. Whatever. But like his track record for action movies is not. No, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some Stranger Things clips at some point. I'm sure he's great. Here's the thing. Stranger Things feels like a, a TV show that I would really, really like, but I have an incredibly hard time watching anything horror or horror adjacent. I'm not I, a big horror guy. I love Stranger Things. And I've talked about this on the podcast, so I'm not gonna go into it again, but it like as much as I would love to watch that show. I unfortunately just can't. I'm going to send you some fun clips, some fun horror-adjacent clips of of Sheriff Hopper doing his dad thing. All right, I'm sure he's great. That being said, I would love John Goodman. Yeah. He's got the he's already played an eye patch character in uh Oh Brother Where Art Thou, right? Yeah, and he plays a Cyclops. And just like I kind of feel like the Barton Fink John Goodman where he's just like so jovial and great and then it just turns. At any moment, yes. Yeah. And the, the, but then, like you get later in the movie, and you're like, oh, he's he's kind of an old man. Mm-hmm. Like he's like struggling, limping with his peg leg. Yes, because Jim messes with his uh-huh. his, his equipment by Jim stabbing him. Job. Jim Jim does good work. Yeah, I mean, he built a functioning uh, jet surfboard. Yeah, a solar sailor in like two seconds out of like welding torches and some sort of broken cannon. He did great. But that, that's kind of why I wanted John Goodman. Just like, he's a, like, it's all great. Oh, man. Uh-oh. But he can turn on a dime. And yeah. also, you know that when he turns, he could like crush you in yeah. his fists. John Goodman is both both the nicest and the most terrifying actor. Mm-hmm. And I think that works. Yeah, absolutely. I think John Goodman's a really good call. And also, I thought it was funny that, oh, no, that's a different actor. Never mind. He's also got that lovable, lumpy sort of shape that Silver yeah. has. Where it's just like. Although my understanding is he's lost some weight, which is good for him. Well, no, that's fantastic. It's a even still though, but still he's got that sort of like his facial features aren't like that well defined, and that kind of works for that weird sort of design. That weird bend his face because Long John Silver in this is definitely squishy. He's got some morph to him. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely some uh, some of that. Yes, he's very huggable, very huggable. That brings me. I don't have morph until later. I do have someone for morph. I don't know who you could cast as morph, but I'm very excited to find out. It's. You'll agree when when I, when we get. I mean, do you want to talk about Morph now? Let's do it. I mean, I mean, it's it's Silver's partner in crime. Yeah, his own surrogate son, sort of, until he meets Jim. Right. So I like I just cast a voice actor. Okay. And Morph doesn't really do all that much talking. It's more just like squeals and like burbling mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. Which is why I cast the voice from a anime. Okay. The voice from Pokemon of Togepi. Oh, Togepi works. And her name is Satomi Kurogi. Aww. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. What a and sweet person. I just thought that that would be just a lovely little... Because she can do those kind of voices, the little burbling, mm-hmm. and also because it's uh, cute and fun. Yeah, absolutely. You have no complaints from me on that count. Wonderful. But then we get to Scroop. Is he the is he the lobster? Terrible he, he's lobster? Clamps, yeah. Clamps? Uh, spider clamps. Spider clamps. Spider clamps. Clamps, clamps, clamps. Has the clamps. Give him the clamps. I just didn't even think of an actor. He was such a terrifying visual effect to me that yeah. I was like, who's going to like embody that much? Like Someone who like crawls around his like weird elbows and knees and then also just like murders people. Any of those monsters from the Ring movies would probably work. Probably. But I mean like, it, or just someone in just like that weird like CG mocap kind of thing. Or any of the... Did, did you watch Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah. Any of the whites from, like, that Winterfell battle that were... There was that one really tall guy that was able to, like, contort his body when uh, he was in the library with Arya. He, like, bends down. Yeah. He, he's, like, really thin, really crazy. But I, I read that he was, like, a... Not a gymnast, but, like, a very, like, sort of, like, crawly, athletic sort of, of actor. Yeah, one of the people who do well on American Ninja Warrior. Sure. Like, one of the rock climbers. Who did you pick? 
Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez? Yes. That's bold. Yeah. I like it a lot. Because she exclusively, like, in her contract, she will only play people who are badass. Yeah. And, like, that's it. That's what she does. I love that gender flip on her. And she can be good. She can also be bad. Mm-hmm. Or she can be, like, bad. Mm-hmm. But, like, someone who can kind of, like, be kind of, like, weird and crabby and and just just dripping with evil. I would also say Ben Mendelsohn could work. Yeah. He's got a good, like, corner of the evil market right now. Absolutely. But can Ben 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 Mend Can Ben Mendelssohn bend? I don't yes. know. <laughs> ben Mendelssohn, who was in But when he says things, it's sort of like he's it's always dripping, much in the same way that Spider Crab Man just has like pinchers in his mouth. Yes. The problem with Ben Mendelssohn is that Ben Mendelssohn can I get you another Capri Sun? Mm-mm. This Capri Sun's great. <laughs> is brought to you by Capri Sun. It's all inside. Pull that. I bet, I bet that's what it was. Uh, it was something else. I think that was JCPenney. It's all inside. But Ben what Mendelsohn. Ben what is Men- the problem with my pick for Ben Mendelsohn? I love Ben Mendelsohn. But Ben Mendelsohn is... We're now in a post-Captain Marvel world. Sure. Because Ben Mendelsohn, the guy who's always cast as the villain, mm-hmm. now has that movie where they did the parody of the fact that Ben Mendelsohn is always cast as the villain. Sure. And now, so if we see him in this, he'd just be the villain again. And also, he's no one would expect it. It's true. And also, he's fifty years old. Can he like do the mocap? I'm sure he can. I'm sure he get someone else to do it. He'll just do the facial vocal work. That's true. We could also just have like a different body actor do it. He'll just do the voice. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I love Ben Mendelsohn. I think uh, Michelle Rodriguez is a really good choice too. Let's see. She's the exciting. Mm -hmm. What's a way we can have them both? Who's the character in between? You know what? What's that? You know who Ben Mendelsohn should be? Who should he be? What's the name of the, the original captain? Captain Flint. Yeah, the, the ben give him be, more of a talking role. Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn should be. It's not Flint Marco. That's someone else. When he has like an, it's it's Nathaniel. That's the thing. He has this crazy alien face, Captain, but his name is Nathaniel Flint. Yeah, which I think is just the name of the pirate from Treasure Island, probably. But still, like that face does not scream a Nathaniel, though. I mean, that's not a Nathaniel. No, it does not. That is a monster. That is a Ben Mendelsohn face. That is a Ben Mendelsohn. That would be perfect. That's great. I think we can have our cake and eat it, too. I think Michelle Rodriguez can be this really terrible, horrible, no good, very bad spider (laughs) lobster. And Ben Mendelsohn can be the very savvy captain who, maybe in our remake of the third act, comes back as a hologram or something to mess with our heroes. Right so, before the, the, the whole place blows up. Yeah, I love the idea of Captain Flint showing up as like, you found it, you found my treasure. But what he's doing is killing time. Yes. While the planet's about to explode. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm just distracting you. Yeah, literally he becomes his own distraction. And mm-hmm. then as the planet's exploding, he just like laughs and laughs and laughs. Because mm-hmm. he knows mm-hmm. that that's what's happening. He just becomes the, 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 the Wizard of Oz head, just laughing yeah. and the flames burn. Or uh, that's a little bit like uh, Inglorious Bastards, as the theater also, goes yes. up in flames. Which... I have feelings about that movie. That movie was marketed as a different movie. Yeah. And I, uh, it's rough. Yeah. It's a good film, though. I'm not a big Tarantino fan. Another podcast. Yeah. I just... The whole... Is it The Feet? Because The Feet thing is very weird as it's well. It's a little weird. It's more just like... I don't necessarily enjoy just his whole social catharsis through massive violence thing. And that's literally what We should talk is. about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because I think it sort of upends that a little bit. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to spend three hours on a movie I'm probably not going to like. That's fair. But I would watch it. I'd be willing to You know what I'd shot. spend three hours doing? Watching Treasure Planets 1, 2, and 3. I would for sure do that. That would be a great, great marathon. What a good time that would be. <sighs> Who would you cast as Captain Amelia? That's what I want to know. That's what I've got next. My Captain Amelia is Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh is very good because she's also very good on Star Trek Discovery. Yes. And also in Tomorrow Never Dies and in Crouching Tiger, uh, Hidden Dragon. And but as a captain, though, like I've seen her play a captain in Star oh. Trek. She plays the... She's, she's the... Oh, what is her... Basically, in the first two episodes, she's the captain of a starship. I'm not sure I knew that, because I haven't seen Star Trek Discovery. Are you going to watch it at some point? I, I would, but you feel free to spoil away. I won't remember. So she's the captain of a starship, and basically, there's a mutiny. And she kind of talks everyone down, goes over to the other alien ship, and gets murdered. And then is gone oh, for most wow. of the rest of the season. She's like a... And, but she was the main character, Michael Burnham's, like, inspiration. So she hasn't gotten over her. But then they get to the Mirror Universe, and... She's alive there, but she's like an empress of all evil because it's a flip-flop yeah, universe. Yeah. So they have Goatee's to, whole thing. Basically. Uh, but they have to deal with a captain who's just as smart and just as eloquent, but like totally batshit evil. 
That's amazing. And it's Michelle Yeoh. I would watch the shit out of it. So, like, I was so upset when they killed her in episode two. And then when I heard she came back, like, in episode ten, I was like... As a villain? I was like, amazing. I will... Yeah. And I've also heard that she basically comes from the Mary Universe, comes to our universe, and then starts up... The rumor is that there's going to be a a show about the dark side of Starfleet and that she, like, heads it up. That's what the internet's telling me, at least. I like it. I'm on board for that. Evil Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Who do you have for Captain Amelia? So, I think Emma Thompson would also be, oh, yeah. still be fantastic. I would, I would also, for sure, go with Emma Thompson. But I kept it in the family, sort of, and went with Tessa Thompson. Oh. As Captain Amelia. That'd be great. We've heard her do a really interesting British accent in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And also, she's got that sort of, like, cat-like, sort of, like, playfulness and, like, penchant to either, like, help you out or knock something off of a cabinet. Like, you I don't agree. really know. The only reason why I would... I also saw this amazing picture. So I have that picture of Captain Amelia with that tri-corner hat. And then I have this picture of Tessa Thompson with this amazing hair from this premiere. I mean, that's great. I can now see who your Ben is, but like... Oh, I have multiple. The, we're going to have to figure, we're gonna oh, have to figure ooh, Ben out. Oh, that's tough. I thought about one of those. Anyway, that's a really good choice. So John Oliver is 42 years old. Yes, I get that. Also, they're probably going to be digital characters would be the only weird thing. Here's the thing. Tessa Thompson's 35. Yeah. That's only seven years. It's not a that's, huge gap. That's not as bad as I thought it might be. Sure. Because my parents are six years apart. But that's also a Hollywood trope, though. Like, we just had it in, oh, what was it? Hobbs and Shaw. It was weird that, like, his attractive sister is, like, so much younger. But that's a trope I try to avoid. Absolutely. I'm saying, like, that would be why that could be a problem if yeah. they were further apart in age. But it's not as much in this casting, I don't think. Right. It's it's not. The reason, part of the reason I cast Michelle Yeoh is because she's... Much closer in age to Tony Shalhoub, who was mm-hmm. my Dr. Doppler. I'm perfectly happy to go with Tessa Thompson because obviously she would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And she, she she is the king of... Queen. Queen king. King. She, she is the king of Asgard. She is the king of Asgard. Did they give her an actual rank? I know that she's just in charge of it now. Well, at the... Comic-Con announcement, they talk about how she's the king of Asgard. Okay. And so since she's the king of Asgard... She needs to find her queen. Perfect. I sit corrected. Hold on. But yeah, so like she clearly can lead and is really good and amazing. And I have nothing against. I would also say Thompson. Michelle Yeoh's already been a captain. Let's give Tessa Thompson a shot. Sold. So who is her right hand man? Who's Mr. Arrow? Who's Mr. Arrow? Who do we have standing by her side, barking orders, gruff exterior, but lovable inside? So when I originally made this list, I really, I went with a really funny one. A person who's always been. Made of the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I thought yeah. would be a very fun choice. Yeah, I mean, casting the Rock to play the ro- the Rock guy is a fun joke verbally, but you're also like, ah, it's not quite right. So who did I go with here? I have pictures, and then I didn't actually pull up names. <laughs> so you're like, oh god, who's this person? What's this person's name? I went with Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson? Mm-hmm. Why can't I think of who that is? Mad Eye Moody. Oh, ooh, that's really good. Because it would really hurt when you lose him, too. Like, yeah. A, he won't let, like, anything get past him. He'd run a tight ship. Yeah. But he also has that penchant for comedy every once in a while. And he's got the heart of gold. Yeah. But he'd also make a good... He's got a very craggly face, which I think yeah. would translate well into this CG. A lot of these characters are going to be made of CG, I Yes, convinced. of course. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's live action in the same way that Lion King's live action. But it, it's... Actually, no. It's live action in the way Jungle Book's live action. A couple of real people in mostly a CG world. That's a, that's a rock with a heart of gold. It really is. And I think that's that's really good. So I focused a little bit more on the heart of gold, mm-hmm. and I also focused on someone that would be absolutely devastating to lose. Oh, don't but, make this hurt. But also, like, has kind of that tough exterior, because mm-hmm. it would really hurt to lose Terry Crews. Oh no, Terry Crews! And he's a big guy. He can bark orders. He can be really tough. He's a big dude. I would only count... He, he does things so comedically, and Mr. Arrow is so, like, straight-laced. He is. But I mean, he also is, like... He's been in other things. He has. I just have... Uh, he's been in many things. I always like, just view the, him through the like a comedy yards. I mean, yeah. That's how I think of The Old too. Spice commercials. Old Spice, I mean, he is he is a very broad, big character. Because Absolutely. I think that's his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. He's also... But, but that means that he's also very loud. Which is basically all Mr. O does is stand and shout. Well, I will say too, just from an interesting standpoint, like now that we've sort of like... like have a different take on the captain. A different take on the first officer isn't that bad either. True. I mean, the the point is, is that it needs to be someone who is capable, confident, and reliable, and completely dependable. Would his rock pecs ever, like, start, like, flexing? 
like they do in the Old Spice commercials. I feel like they would have to. I mean, that's that's one for the win column. Yeah. They would have to say that his tectonic plates are moving. Yeah. He felt a tectonic shift. Ooh, this is tough. Yeah. I like them both. I do too. I mean, this is your show at the end of the day. Yeah, but like, whatever. Which would be sadder to I... see murdered by Michelle Rodriguez? Terry Crews or, say your name again? Brendan Gleeson? Because the thing is, I really like Brendan Gleeson. I mean, how and did you I feel when you found loved... out that he had he had been murdered? I was devastated. Right? It's the saddest part of In Bruges. It is very terrible. The things that he does for his friend, and then he just... Yeah. Goes. It's gone. But I mean, also, I mean, I would be absolutely torn asunder if I turned on the internet the other day and Terry Crews was no longer with us. Right? Don't... Terry Crews, Terry Crews, okay. we need you to be around forever. We need you to run for president. 50-year-old Terry Crews, we need you to be around forever. Forever. 50 years old? Really? Yeah, he, he might be 42. I ran into him on an airplane once. Airplanes make big people look even bigger. <laughs> that man's that. very large and very nice. Terry Crews is 51. It would also be upsetting that Terry Crews was betrayed by his crews. On a cruise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think both are incredible both are choices. I feel like we need to go with your guy, though. Say his name again. I don't know why this doesn't Brendan stick. Gleeson? Domino Gleeson's dad. Is that true? Yeah, I believe it is. Listen, people can't see me, but I have glasses, and if you speak with authority and wear glasses, people tend to just go with it, so I could also be full of shit. Uh, his sons are Domino Gleeson? Yep. D-O-M-H-N-A-L-L? Uh, Admiral Hux? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brian Gleeson, Fergus Gleeson, and Rory Gleeson. He has four sons. Four whole sons that will be very sad when he dies on this adventure. Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna. That's get... what drives Admiral Hux to join the First Order is that ah. his father, Captain Arrow, was shoved into a black hole by some rebel scum. Yeah, some, and someone who is both fast and furious all the time with machetes for hands. God, she would have machetes for hands. It's true. It's true. All right, Brendan Gleeson. Which, so that means that we've got our two kind of comedic... Oh, no, we only have one person left as far as I, I know. As far as, like, on cast. my list, I, it's just Ben. Yeah, that's all I've got. And I do have two options that you've already seen. I've seen them, so why don't you tell but me But there was also a third. Options. There was all, Because I didn't realize that you've been watching... Tell, tell me about your two options. Uh, so we have John Mulaney. Which is a very good option. Who's very, like, as a robot, would be really interesting to see his yeah. take on. He's got a very... I've legitimately, on this show, cast him as a robot before. Really? Which robot? Uh, the computer in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, Marvin? No. Oh. The ship computer. The ship's computer. The ship. I like it. I'm so glad to be helping you out today. I'd also, if we're just going to go with computers, let's just make him the computer in War Games. Would you like to play a game? Maybe if you don't want to play a game. I mean, That's it's, totally it's cool, all right. too. I mean, I, I get that you're busy. Whatever. Uh, my other choice is Ben Schwartz. Yes. Ben Schwartz is also good. Ben Schwartz is a different take. It is, but also, like, it is broad, but also he can, like, come in for these little moments. <laughs> that are like, hey, are we supposed to be quiet while we're sneaking on this ship? I don't know. That's true. He, he plays loud and quiet both hilariously. And he, and he definitely has that whole ineptitude thing going for him. The other thing is, also, this is probably going to be a Disney movie. Yes. And their good luck charm when it comes to animated movies, which this would be partially, is Alan Tudyk. That's true. Ooh. Yeah. Alan, Alan Tudyk was, once you had been talking about Doom Patrol, I was like, I was considering Alan Tudyk. He's played a robot before. That's true. In iRobot, and he was very good. Very, in, very... In iRobot, he played a robot? Was it iRobot? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Which one is it? It's the Will Smith. There were so many robot movies I mean, at that time period. It's the, the one Will Will's... Smith one is, a- is AI. No. No, you're right. It is iRobot. It's iRobot. You made and, me and, think that it was AI, AI for a second. And I I'm, I think it's hilarious that that's the robot you went with that Alan Tudyk plays. Uh, I guess there are more robots that Alan Tudyk plays. There's a really big recent one. There is. But K2SO is a little bit there like sadistic. Go. Yeah. But that's the Alan Tudyk robot. True. So he's played two robots. If we want he's to give someone else sadistic very well, like I would be much more drawn to Ben Schwartz. Like of the of your three, I would pick Ben Schwartz over all of them. I mean, it also helps that he's very similar to my choice. I was just watching Alan Tudyk chew up the room though when he was playing Mister Nobody. And yeah, I was just like, that's also kind of so like what? Good. Who played? I can't remember who plays Ben in the animated Treasure Planet. It's um, is it Martin Short? Yes, sorry, it's Martin Short. Uh, and he's a big scene chewer, too. Like, he's just he going really huge. He is. And I'm just thinking, like, that Mr. Nobody energy could be very interesting. But I think Ben Schwartz is, like, a great update. I agree with that. I think that Ben Schwartz would be a really good choice. But is he better than Jay Baruchel? Jay Baruchel could also be cool. I haven't seen Jay in a while. Yeah. What's he been doing? How to Train Your Dragon, mostly. 
It would be nice to get him back out in the world a little bit. And then he was on that Man Seeking Woman. Yeah. Which was a weird show. I loved the commercials for it. Never actually watched it. He's in... He's been... Jay Baruchel is also older than he looks. I get that. He was like in Goon, This is the End, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. But I also don't see him a ton, so I don't see him actually age. He just sort of comes out like the prairie dog or whatever at... Nope. What is that thing that comes out and tells you if it's winter or not? There's a whole movie about it. It's a groundhog. Yes. But yeah, you if see. If you want to know more about Groundhogs, tune into the Groundhogs Day episode of Ideal Remake. The Groundhogs Day and episode. And now back to the show. Yeah, so I did an episode about remaking Groundhogs Day. Okay. I thought there was only one Groundhog in Groundhogs Day. That's true. Remaking Groundhog Day. There we go. Yeah. See, I can be snarky too. Yeah, and you were you're definitely right, and I kept doing that during the thing. I gave you so many off ramps. And I appreciated it. I just drove right past them. Bear Show's a good choice. I'd like to fight for Ben. Because he's also named Ben. That's true. Like and it's that, almost like he was destined funny. to play him. If, for that alone, I would lean towards Ben Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Again, because of the, I feel like Ben Schwartz is. I feel like he could very easily be like the next Ryan Reynolds. Like, just does all this crazy voiceover stuff and Absolutely. just all these wild characters. Mm-hmm. And he's I, doing really good work on Ducktales right now. And actually. I, I also know that he enjoys movies that take place in space. Really? Okay. And I know that because I went to a random... Like, when uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I went yeah. to a screening of it at the Arclight in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And just randomly, Ben Schwartz sat next to me. Yeah. And it just, like, was one of those things where, like... And, like, we were at the t- like kind of talked to me. Like, was that a dog in the... Is that dog a character in Marvel? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I just think it was the first dog sent into space. Yeah, that's what I thought. Weird. Oh, Cosmo? Cosmo's, yeah. a, Cosmo's a thing. Okay. I believe you. Glasses. Yeah. <laughs> said it confidently mm-hmm. and then like as I was leaving my friend and I kind of turned to each other and we're like that was Ben Schwartz right yeah I know that was weird I don't know we watched the movie Ben Schwartz I guess okay so he likes to be in space he likes space movies good to know this, a lot of this movie takes place in space it does his portion's less so it's mostly on a planet full of treasure but he is a character with a lot of experience of being in space who would probably be in the flashbacky he's, scenes or whatever with Captain Flint he's literally a compass he is he's built in Yes. So I think we should go with Ben Schwartz. Okay. Let me tell you, though. Jay Baruchel, I mean, I love the guy. Love the to nice, see more of him. The nice thing for this episode is that neither of us has brought in a bad choice yet. No, I think we're all... They're all winners. And they're all kind of like palette swaps of each other. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Sometimes not. But, like, sometimes yes. That brings us to writer and director. Okay. Now, I have a separate writer and a separate director. Did you have a writer-director? I didn't think of one, but I can be thinking of one. I but, think it'd be a really good... Have you seen Star Trek Beyond? The the latest Star Trek Abrams movie? I did. Simon Pegg did a really good job on that script. He did. I thought. He and his writing partner, whose name I'm completely blanking on. I have a different writer, one that you probably haven't heard of, but also one of the tribe. Uh, he is working on the new... He He's doing a lot of like adaptations. Uh-huh. And obviously, I think that this person would need to work with Ron Clements and John Musker. Sure. and like Because I think they need to be involved. This is their baby. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're talking, like, the guy who does adaptations, he's done the new Adams Family. Mm-hmm. He's doing something called Scoob, which is, like, Scooby-Doo. Okay. He's doing the new Jetsons. He's doing the new Short Circuit. So he's in kind of the sci-fi remake world. Those are things I haven't seen yet. Neither but have I. But they sound promising. But let me pull up some things Matt Lieberman has done. Okay. Also, I will point out that he has glasses. He does. He probably speaks confidently, too. Like, to a lot of his things are in production. Like He's a dude, he's having a moment. He's definitely on the rise. Like, all the things... Like, he literally has a title, grand total of four things that have actually come out. Mm-hmm. Which are Cosmic Voyage from 1996, Tales from the Mist Inside the Fog, 2002, Dr. Doolittle, Tale to the Chief, mm-hmm. and The Christmas Chronicles. Okay. Which was the... What's this guy's name? Why can't I think of his name? Why can't I think of your name? Villain from second Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Villain from second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You mean Kurt Russell? Thank you. It's Kurt Russell as Santa. Oh, yeah. That movie was a lot of fun. Yeah. That had a very Disney Channel original movie vibe to it. Oh, yeah. For sure. And so, I, I, this guy feels like he was like in production and working like around Hollywood for a really long time. And only now has he just been like, you know, I've, I've been a writer this whole time. I should be doing sure. writing things. So, the movies that he has in production, right, like... Adam's family that, and he's working on something called Zombie Brother, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So he's in the Disney family. Okay. Meet the Machines, and something called Giant Monster Attack Japan with an exclamation point at the I end. I think we can do a better title than that, but okay. If there's something called Giant Monster Attack Japan, I'm going to watch it. That's fair. 
Am I wrong? No, no, you're right. You're right. I would also, it just hit me, another potential writing option would be Joe Cornish, who did, uh, he's a writer on The Adventures of Tintin. Yeah. Attack the, he wrote and directed yeah, yeah, Attack, Attack the Block. The block. I, we, he's certainly come up on this before. And then, most recently, The Kid Would Be King. He yeah. has this great, like, kind of like, young people adventure sort of like, vibe yeah. to all this stuff, which is really interesting. I like him. Like I said, I've used him before. The I do like finding kind of people who are like on the rise and like sure. are about to be discovered, and that's why I would lean towards Matt Lieberman, Absolutely. especially because I don't want someone who kind of is coming in with like this is my grand creative vision. I want someone who will work with Ron Clements and John Musker, mm-hmm. and I that sort of feels like who Matt Lieberman is. I would say yeah, a new writer or a journeyman writer who doesn't yeah. like have a, like a lot of skin in like proving themselves would work. So yeah, I mean hey, I'm I'm very excited to see this remake that Matt Lieberman is going to write with Musker and Clements. Absolutely, which brings us to director those guys. It's them. It's them. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I felt like needed to happen. I mean, they love it so much. Yeah. And they, they really earned a shot at, like, doing it again. And also, again, they're great animators. I'd love to see what they do live action-wise with with, with digital CG stuff. I mean... They, they were already on their way to doing it, basically, with Treasure Planet. Right? They're currently in pre-production on the Little Mermaid. So a, a live... I mean, because they are they, the original are they directing movie, it or are they consulting? They're writing it. Okay, or uh, at least I'm on Ron Clements' IMDb page, and he's certainly marked as the writer. What is John Musker doing? The same. So they're co-writing the new live-action Little Mermaid, which I, makes sense because they did the Little Mermaid. I have a funny, well, not funny. I have what I think is an interesting Musker and Clements story. I so I work with Disney a lot on on like their marketing side, and I remember going into a meeting for Moana once and. They were in there, but I didn't know who they were. I just knew that they were these two older guys who were, like, really smart, like, really on point. They had a lot of great things to say and were really supportive about the stuff that we were bringing to the table. And then after they left, I turned around and there was a bunch of, like, writing on the on the wall. And it was, like, it was like Aladdin and Jasmine and Kiva, but it was all in different handwriting. And I'm like, what's that? And it's like, oh, Musker and Clemens, they, they like writing their characters' names in their own handwriting of the characters to kind of, like, get in, in the zone. And I was like, wait, are you telling me that, like, that was Musker and... Clement, the guys that did Atlantis lost him. The, the what? All the people that did all the amazing movies? The, 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 the people who defined my childhood? Yeah, the Aladdin and the Little Mermaid and all and that was that. And I'm glad that I hadn't known that when I was in the meeting. Otherwise, that, yeah, that would have been a lot of information up top. But I thought it was a really cool way of like getting into a character's head was just, yeah. oh, write, write their, sign their name. Yeah, I think that is a cool idea. It was neat. Yeah. Anyway. I like it. A non sequitur. I'm just now jealous that you've gotten to almost meet these people does it count as meeting them if you've met them but you didn't know who they were that's why i'm saying almost meet okay fair so enough. like you've met them but then next time you see them you'll meet them for real yes they'll know yeah. I, I do that sometimes with with celebrities where i'm like i don't want to meet them now i want to meet them when i can actually meet them yeah like as equals but i agree it needs to be directed by by clements and Musk. Mm-hmm. totally but that's kind of it that's that's all we need that's all we have those are all the the big players really unless you want to cast the two robot cops would be the only other thing i could think of that keep bringing jim in from the cold but that could pretty much be anybody huh that could be simon peg and nick frost i mean i literally was just thinking that but who's two what's a good the comedy duo that we don't see as much anymore laurel and hardy mostly because they're dead yeah it's a shame let's get those guys in here a good comedy duo I was thinking Tenacious D. Oh, absolutely. Let's make it Jack Black and Kyle Gass. <laughs> yeah. Done. What, what, what's his last name? Kyle Gass? No, no, Jack's. Black. Oh, weird. Did you hear he's been hanging out with Jack White, and so now they're going to form they're Jack Gray? Jack Gray. I did hear that, and it makes me happy. All right. So, let me uh, do a rundown of our cast okay. for Treasure Planet, the live-action remake. Okay. Jane Hawkins will be played by Zendaya. Sarah Hawkins will be Juliette Lewis. Dr. Doppler will be John Oliver. Long John Silver will be John Goodman. Scroop will be Michelle Rodriguez. Captain Nathaniel Flint will be Ben Mendelsohn. Captain Amelia will be Tessa Thompson. Mr. Arrow is Brendan Gleeson. Ben will be Ben Schwartz. Morph is Satomi Karogi. All of this will be written rewritten by Ron Clements, John Musker, with help from Matt Lieberman, and directed by Ron Clements and John Musker. And then our RoboCops will be Jack Black and Kyle Gass. Why not? RoboCops. In space! In space! 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 Awesome. Would you go see this movie? Absolutely. I've already seen it. I mean, let me tell you, it's great. Yeah. 
it is. If if there's people who've listened to this episode and gotten this far and haven't watched Treasure Planet, please go out and watch do the Treasure a Planet. Favor. It's amazing. It doesn't need to be remade. It should, but the original is very, very good. Yeah, I I want this remake to happen. A because I'd love to get credit for it because we're really good, but also to kind of pull more people towards the original because it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's real inspiration too when you look at like. How it was made. It yeah. was, there was so much love, so much care. The attention to detail, the 70-30 rule, I thought was really interesting it in terms really of like is. 70% Victorian era, 30% sci-fi. How that like bled through like every aspect of production. It's so good. There's, it's such a smart, well-made movie. It's very practical. Deserves more attention. Absolutely. No arguments from me. All right. Matthew, what would you like to promote? What would you like people to follow you on for social media? What are things that you want people to do now? Now that they've now that they've gotten to know you. Well, you can find me on Facebook, pretty much. You whenever. want them to find you on Facebook? If they want to play some board games or talk Treasure Planet, I'm there. Alright, cool. I do have a Twitter account, but I never tweet on it. I believe it's... Let me look it up, actually. That's how little <laughs> I tweet on it. You can also find me there. I'm pretty sure it's Dr. Nowhere. But I want to just double check that before I put that out into the Twitterverse and then have to apologize to the actual Dr. Nowhere. Yep. Dr. Nowhere. Dr. K-N-O-W-H-E-R-E. Great. That's good for me to know because I'm going to have to tag you when I release this episode. Fantastic. Instagram, no? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I believe that's Pungent Master on Instagram. Pungent Master. Yeah, it's like Dungeon Master but with more puns. puns. Which, if you knew me, would make all of the sense in the universe. I love it. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, I'm I'm around. Stay tuned. Big announcements might be coming down the pipeline eventually. Who knows? Who knows? It's a mystery. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. If you want to find out more about me, I'm at Sam Gash on Twitter, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. And the podcast is at Ideal Remake on both Twitter and Instagram. Or join us on Facebook at Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast. And if you could leave her a five-star review, that would be swell, but... More so, I would love it if you told one person in your life about Ideal Remake that you think would enjoy this episode or any episode. This is episode 52, I think, so there's got to be something that someone in your life would enjoy. And maybe that's the true treasure on Treasure Planet. Yeah. The podcast you made along the way. And five stars. Mostly the five Mostly stars. Mostly the five stars. five stars. Honestly, that would be huge So many me. stars. Please help me. Anyway. Thanks for being a guest on this episode. So what I've been doing recently is ending with this. What's your favorite quote from this movie? Because mm-hmm. what's weird is I really like this movie, but it's not that quotable. There. Poetry. Love it. <laughs>